0: Filled uh, to the Lord at this time. Uh, we are looking for the Spirit to be working in us, not on, only during this hour, but throughout this week and our lives as well. Um, Ephesians chapter 5, I'll begin at verse 15 and go through verse 21. singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always and for everything uh, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is God's word. I'm going to read this again in the, uh, the, the J.B. Phillips translation. I just want to hear it in slightly different words. As we, as we look into this passage. Don't get your stimulus from wine, for there is always the danger of excessive drinking, but let the Spirit stimulate your souls. Express your joy in singing among yourselves psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making music in your hearts for the ears of God. Thank God at all times for everything in the name of "...of our Lord Jesus Christ, and fit in with each other because of your common reverence for Christ." This is a beautiful um, paraphrase of our text. These past weeks, we have been considering the ministry of the Spirit, in particular in the areas of the indwelling of the Spirit, the illumination of the Spirit, and the Spirit's intercession." And all of that leads up to this message today. You, um, if you are a Christian, a believer and follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. You already have all the Spirit you need. You also enjoy the illumination, the lightening up of the eyes of your heart so that you may behold the beauty of God in the face of Jesus Christ in the Scriptures. The Holy Spirit personally opens up the text for you as you read it, for your needs for that day. The Spirit also intercedes for you. He not only opens up the Scriptures, but He groans with your groans. And the Lord answers his prayers. He will either lift you up out of the circumstance about which you are groaning, or likely more frequently, he will give you the strength to bear up under whatever it is that you're groaning about. This is not heaven yet. This is still a, a, the earth that is given over to rebellion And it's groaning all around us and in us. Uh, Jesus, um, however, and take great comfort here. Jesus, however, is the one spirit filled person. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, Isaiah says, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord and his delight shall be In the fear of the Lord. And so Jesus would, as John's Gospel tells us, uh, Jesus would give the Spirit to us, for He has received the Spirit without measure. He has received the Spirit without measure, and He is generous in giving it to us. Two things about this, though. You are never in the Scripture commanded to be indwelt by the Spirit. There is no command, be thou indwelt. The Scripture instead tells us that we are already, as we come to faith in Christ, sealed with the Spirit. It's a one-time thing. And it doesn't depend on how you're doing on any particular day. It doesn't depend on how you're Feeling on any particular day. It is objective. It is unwavering. It, it is certain. And most importantly, it is part of your identity as one who is in Christ. It is who you are. A person indwelt by the Spirit of Christ. What you are commanded to do is to be filled with the Spirit, and to be filled with the Spirit continually, in an ongoing way. And this is where it's more subjective. It's more how you are experiencing Him, knowing Him, following Him, as He works in you and changes you. Now keep in mind, this is not what is sometimes called a second blessing, where you, you come to, to Christ on a particular day and then at a later day you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and it sort of catapults you into a realm of being able to be almost perfectly obedient to the Lord and always joyful in Him. That is not what the Scripture teaches. Now you may be this morning somewhat discouraged and not really feel much of the Spirit's work in you, And you may even ask yourself this question, do I have all of the Spirit? Remember, that is the settled question. And a question that we'll ask you today is, does the Spirit have all of you? Does the Spirit have all of you? So our theme this morning is to be filled more and more that's for all of us, wherever we are, be filled more and more with the Holy Spirit. I, I, was, I was going to put it this way be, being filled, but that's a little unwieldy. But you, it, it, it is a, a continuous action. Be, being filled. Be in the process of being filled more and more with the Holy Spirit. Well, I want to ask this morning then what is that filling? What is that filling, first of all? And you see in our text that there is a contrast between drunkenness that is living under the influence of alcohol and living uh, in in a spirit-filled way, influenced by the spirit. When you are drinking a lot of alcohol, uh, it removes your inhibitions. Loosens your tongue, so you end up saying things that later on you wish you hadn't said, as you lose control, uh, it is called debauchery here, which is an excessive indulgence in sensual pleasures, giving yourself over to sensual pleasures in a crass, dehumanizing way, so you wake up the next morning with regrets if you remember anything at all. And it leads to phony joy and actually to disobedience. You, you can't, I'm not sure if this test, so to speak, is still performed by, uh, by uh, officers of the law, but isn't there something about walking a straight line? I don't know if any of you have ever been challenged to do that. But you, you walk, you know, this kind of hard even if you're straight, you know, but... You're walking in a straight line. You can't do that if you're affected by alcohol. And this is a great contrast, then, to living a spirit-filled life. Because the Holy Spirit produces in you the very best version of yourself, not the worst. You become more human, in a sense. You become more like Christ. You enjoy that beautiful joy and fellowship with God and with His people, and you want to and are able to walk that straight line of what it sometimes it's called not orthodoxy, the true true belief, but orthopraxis. You're you're walking out the truth of God's commands in a way that gives joy to your heart and pleasure to the Lord. Um, you are this is the filling of the spirit filled life under the influence of the Spirit. Let's look at it this way. You are controlled by what fills you. You are formed by what fills you. Barnabas, for example, in the book of Acts, is identified as someone who is giving great encouragement to other people, very faithful in his ministry and care for other people. And this statement, is what a statement to characterize your life. Barnabas was a good man filled with the Spirit. May you be a good woman or child or man, identified as one who is filled with the Spirit. May that be said of each of us. Now, as we look at the wider context of, of, uh, of chapter 5 of Ephesians, we see that, that the Spirit is calling us to a life of, of imitation of God, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And what what Paul goes on to speak of here is the Spirit-empowered lifestyle in this age of the Spirit. One of the great characteristics of our age, as opposed to the Old Testament, it is this is now the age of the Spirit, where the Spirit, John 7, has been poured out those who are thirsty come to faith in Jesus Christ, are nourished and fed by the Spirit and able to, to live in a way that glorifies God. And two things are mentioned in this passage that just jump out at us when we consider being filled by the Spirit in this day and age. And one of that is the area of sexuality. Um, it's so often casually considered today, so often it is considered with, with casual indulgence. Be sexually free with whomever you wish, at whatever, at whenever you wish. And any suppression of those desires is called your oppression. Any, any rule that would limit your sexuality is called an oppression. And, and that's one of the reasons why the abortion controversy to, controversy today is so explosive because it is cutting a grant against this notion that you can simply have sex with whomever you want, whenever you want, and not deal with consequences. And it is my prayer that in the midst of the turmoil that goes on in the minds and hearts of people, that, that there would be a sense, uh, there would be a sense of the beauty of sexuality as it is as it is to be lived out within marriage. And my my appreciation and honor to those of you, especially single people, but all of us who have cut against the tsunami of sexual permissiveness in our day and have the courage of righteousness. I commend you. I commend you. May that be said of all of us. This is the life of sanctification in it. This spirit empowered lifestyle in this age of the spirit is the life of sanctification. The spirit growing you in holiness and obedience. There's another link, though, not only in the area of sexuality, but but you see a connection between verses uh, chapter four chapter four now, uh, verse 29 and 30. <laughs> There is a phrase, do not grieve the Spirit. The Spirit is a person who is grieved by our disobedience and our harming of ourselves or others. And another thing, then, that we're to be particularly attentive to as we are in this life of sanctification, as we are in this life of pursuing the Lord so that our lives would be fulfilled, uh, filled with the Spirit, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. I've used this text many times. It it, it is drilled into my mind because we had it on a three-by-five card right next to the phone in the kitchen for years when our family was young. And so you pick up the phone, you think, okay, what am I going to say, something productive or something unproductive? That's an important question. No corrupting speech, rotten speech that hurts other people, that's gossip, running people down, anger, slander, malice, the chapter goes on to speak of all of these things. We are instead learning wisdom as it fits the occasion, giving grace to others. Proverbs puts it this way, the same idea here. Rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Do not grieve the spirit by thrusting a sword in the lives of other people. Instead, seek humbly to bring healing. We are sealed with the Spirit. We have all the Spirit we need, and that's settled. But does the Spirit have all of you? Your sexuality, your tongue, just to name two things. You see, we can be sealed. We are sealed with the Spirit, but we, we can still grieve Him. And our sin stalls the progress of sanctification, obviously. Desires lead you to disobedience. So one question for you today, as you consider ways that you have gone off the track, or you have stepped Out of line with God's word. What is it that is creating a... What what desire in you is leading you to that sin? Simply self-indulgence. Simply revenge against another person. Simply what you... Spirit, give each of us insight into what the attitudes are that drive the disobedience. Pray that. Pray that. What desires are uppermost, these that draw you away from spirit-filled living? Well, l- l- let's, let's go to the second question. How is it that we are filled? I want to develop a bit of a, a game plan here, that how are you fulfilled? And, and four things I want to mention about, about this little command here, um, uh, be filled with the spirit. First of all, it is a command. It's a command that we cannot certainly in ourselves accomplish. We can't make ourselves filled with the Spirit. But we're called. You must be filled with the Spirit. It's a command. But it's it's also in the plural form, which means that applies to absolutely everybody within the sound of my voice. Any believing, any Christian. You too. Do not get drunk. Don't do that. But instead be filled with... With the Spirit, each one of you, be filled. It is, it is a command, it's to each one of us. But again, it's, it's in the passive mood. You cannot fill yourself with the Spirit. That's something only the Spirit does. Now, fortunately, we have, we have in the book of Colossians a parallel to this section here, a parallel to these, to these verses here in, in Ephesians. But Colossians doesn't say be filled with the Spirit. It does say, but let the Word of Christ dwell in you you deeply, richly. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Well, there's something. We don't ever think about the ministry of the Spirit apart from the ministry of the Word. And we should not think about the ministry of the Word without also thinking of the powerful, personal ministry of the Spirit which empowers belief. Who empowers belief and who empowers obedience? The, the songs that we've been singing today have been all about that. Hungering, thirsting for Jesus. Not being aware. We, turn to you, we return to you unfilled again. Lord Jesus, fill us. Drink in. Here, here's here's a, a game plan, step one then. Drink in Passages that address your particular sins. Drink in passages that address your particular sins. In our family, one thing that Gail and I have gone over and shared this with our kids, I'm sure through the decades, but it's from Romans (laughs) chapter 12. You could start there. Romans 12 is loaded with calls to orthopraxis, orthodox living. But the one that we one of the ones that we've clung to is is outdo one another in showing honor. How's that? Outdo one another in showing honor, and that that then it, that then exposes when we're self centered. Exposes when we care more about ourselves than caring for a spouse or children or, for that matter, you dear friends. Outdo one another. In showing honor. That's one size fits all. That, you you fit there beautifully, don't you? <laughs> this is a command. It is for all of us. We are, we are. It is in the passive mood. It's not. It's something that the spirit must work in us. But then, but then, finally, it is in the present tense. That means. In in Greek, that means it's not just a one-time thing, but it is a continuous action. It's not once for all. It is it is being filled. Continually be being filled daily. Some of you are or feel defeated in this. Some of you may feel defeated in this. You just give up. You can't do it. But remember that He is groaning with you in your groaning. He's not giving up on you. And as you continue that fight of faith, He does does bless you with this promise that joy is coming. You get glimpses of it now and joy is coming. And fresh love for God and for others is coming along with, with 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 peace and patience and kindness and goodness and the rest of the fruit of the Spirit. It's coming as you look, as you look to Him, our Lord Jesus. You may feel defeated, but friends, don't give up. Now, some, on the other hand, some of us at times deal with complacency. We kind of have the sense that we're pretty much arrived, we're, and certainly better than a lot of other people that we could look at. I want you to thank God for where He's gotten you. Maybe you've grown up in the church and you've, you've, you've largely avoided blowing a tire, as they say. Thank God for that. But there is way, way more to come. You've just scratched the surface. The Spirit spirit is calling you to to be beaten, filled all the time. Not once for all, but every day. Lord, I want to see more of the beauty of Christ. I want to see more of what you're calling me to. I don't want to be settled. Just settle with where I am right now. I've just scratched the surface. The Spirit desires for all of us to have that richer and deeper life in Him. And and this call then part and parcel of this call to this this life of of living a, a, as one filled with the Spirit is is also a life that must include repentance. I, I read from Calvin, John Calvin, this this uh, past week, just some some really bold statements. L- listen to this. It's pretty much quotes, a couple of a couple of word changes in, in one spot. But true conversion, Calvin says, it, it, it includes this. Putting to death our flesh, but then a quickening of the Spirit, God's work. Putting to death our flesh, but a quickening of the Spirit. The Spirit makes you long for true holiness. And you practice repentance continually, Calvin says, as you are being filled. And he said this spiritual warfare ends only at death. So, uh, good news. Every day you wake up, you've got something to repent of. And you can be reminded of the glory of Christ in his mercy and forgiveness. And as you flush your system more and more of the hypocrisy and the self-righteousness that blinds us all, you get more of Christ and more joy and more obedience, and that's a great thing. It sounds, it sounds kind of harsh, but it's a really good thing. We could put it this way, the life of faith is a repenting life, the life in the spirit is a repenting life. I'm, I'm not a musician, but I know enough about musical instruments to realize that, that they can go out of tune. And in fact, nat- they naturally go out of tune. Especially in a room like this with varying temperatures, that piano goes out of tune easily, my man Sean tells me. And we're kind of like that. Left to ourselves, we will go out of tune. Um, we are tuned up by the Spirit. We're, we're tuned up by the indwelling Spirit. But naturally, we go out of tune. And when 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 we are grieving the Spirit, it's kind of like it's kind of like a, a, a violin bow just scraping over the strings. Have you ever heard that? It's just, it's a, it's. It's almost painful. It's like fingernails on a on a on a blackboard. But when the spirit tunes us, in tune to to the, the beauty of Christ, there there, there is uh, there there is harmony and peace instead. So the question, the second big question here as we consider this game plan is in what ways are you grieving the spirit how are you grieving the spirit are, are are there are there websites that you look at that you would be embarrassed about if a pastor or an elder walked into your room remember the spirit's already there Are you are you reluctant to confess sins of the tongue to those in your family? Have you hardened your heart to any correction? These 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 are stubborn sins that are like leaves that get stuck in a gutter and, and cause keep the water from, from running down in, into that into that drain. And we're clogged, our lives are so often like that clogged up with leaves. And repentance repentance is, is reaching a long arm down into that drain and grabbing a hold of a bunch of those leaves and throwing them out so that the water, the refreshing, cleansing water of the Spirit can rush through that drain. Pray for the Spirit and don't stop. You remember in, in, Luke, in Luke chapter 11, Jesus is, is teaching us how to pray. And he says, ask, seek, knock. The, the, the Lord will answer. The door, Lord will be found. The Lord will open the door. But then he gives this, this invitation, this call at the end of that passage. If you then, though, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Spirit to those who ask? I, I plead with you, seek the lord for the spirit every day to open your eyes to the beauty of this gospel of grace that we have and the glory of god himself this this passage is a little little thing a little note on on grammar right now for this passage the main verb in in this passage, is in verse 18. Be filled with the Spirit. That's the main thing that the Lord is after here. Be filled with the Spirit. But then there are five participles that hang out underneath that main verb. And they are not additional commands. They are instead expressions of what the Spirit-filled life looks like. This This is what we pray that each of us would be like more and more. First of all, spirit-filled people are addressing each other in song, songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Psalms, oftentimes, uh, in fact, that word, that word "psalm" has to do. Background of that is plucking with strings, and so you can see David with his his harp as he's written these songs. He's playing it with that musical instrument. Uh, so, so this refers to the Old Testament psalms that are accompanied by harp, or we might even say guitar. But then there are hymns that that uh, songs of praise to God, maybe a psalm, but maybe something else and then there are these spiritual songs that uh, for example in in revelation chapter 5 where john tells us speaking of the they are singing a song and this is the song worthy are you to take up the scroll and open its seals for you were slain this is all about christ by your blood you ransomed people for god from every tribe and language and people and nation these are the new spiritual songs that are full of the glory of Jesus Christ. These are on our lips as we address one another in song. It is a corporate worship connection here. We gather. And as we gather, we sing not just for the praise of God, that's next, but for the encouragement of one another. I... I, So the spirit-filled person really wants to be here and is here to give praise to God and encourage one another in song. In the evenings, we have time for, for people to mention um, hymns they would like us to sing. And it's so interesting to listen to who asked for what hymns. And you learn something about that person's heart by what they choose. And you sing to the praise of God, but I'm often up here just singing also along with that person who's named that hymn and praying these things for the God to be glorified in our lives. This is a corporate venture. Check your heart. If you're regularly not here and can be, what are, your desi- are there desires that are in your heart that are more precious to you than the beauty of Christ? The second thing is that spirit-filled people are singing praise to God. This is one reason I wanted to read J.B. Phillips. Listen to what he says. Making music in your hearts for the ears of the Lord. That's what we do also. To encourage one another, but also making music in our hearts for the ears of the Lord. Have you ever seen a, a, a music video? This really bugs me. Why don't they just, Why can't they just sing it right out? Why do they have to lip sync because the lip syncs are always off. You can always just see a little bit. Yeah, he's not singing. He's he this. It's, it's so cheap and so bush. Well, why do they do that? We, we realize there's got to be a connection between what we're saying, what we're saying. Our mouths and our hearts need to match. And so we sing, we make music in our hearts for the ears of the Lord. Our our hearts have to match our mouth. The the third thing is the third thing is spirit filled people are are thanking God all the time. It's it's what it's they're thanking God all the time. Not for everything, but in everything. We're thanking God. When we're full of ourselves, we're spiritually lazy. We grumble and complain. When we're full of the Spirit, we cannot stop. We cannot be weary of thanking God. What, what I used to hear in prison all the time, not because I was sentenced there, but because I was serving in forming, forming a church there, but we always used to hear this. It was a, it was a, it was a prison catechism. Um, God is good. Someone else would someone would say, and someone else would say what all the time. And they, they constantly were saying that. A couple of, couple of Fridays ago, uh, I was in the ER for six hours um, waiting. The, the, the um, uh, uh, physicians were talking past each other. My doctor said, no way give him a, a chest tube, which was really good news for me if you've ever heard of such a barbaric tr- activity as that. One of the doctors is talking about a, a, a chest tube. I say, no, that's not what's going on. Do I have to tell you? And, and you know, the hours go on. And, and by the end of the day, by the end of the day, we, we were given the gift of you don't need any, any additional um, procedures right now. Now, why do I bring that up? Because six hours is a long time to be in an ER and nothing to happen. The outcome was good. So what do I get to this? Um, be thankful in hard things. On the, on, at the end of the day or on the other side of it, you'll be okay and God will be glorified. If I had known going in that I was, the, the outcome was going to be no procedures, man, that would have been a totally different day. I can wait in peace when trusting God's good outcome. And the fourth thing then is spirit-filled people are submitting to one another. When you are full of yourself, you want your way, not to, not to care for the people around you. But if we truly live in the fear and reverence of Christ, as it says here. Um, We will be gentle, uh, even to the prickly. (laughs) John Stott tells us this. that, That pride is always your greatest enemy and humility is always your greatest ally. And that enables us, that enables us to walk in humility and the meekness of Christ. I want to leave you with one picture um, at the end of time, we will be gathered around the throne. we will be gathered uh, in the the wedding feast of of uh, our our groom. we will be the the corporate bride there. And a picture that very seldom comes to my mind and very seldom likely comes to your mind is what will we see Jesus doing when we when we see him in that in that wedding supper? He will be serving us. Similar to what he did in John 13, he will be coming to us and serving us. It's breathtaking. Luke's Gospel tells us this. It's a picture of all he's been doing throughout eternity. And so, and so uh, through the Spirit, you can serve him now because he is serving you. Children... Um, Ask Jesus to serve you today by giving you mercy as you receive the forgiveness of sins. Ask him for your for forgiveness of your sins. Bigger people, don't give up asking Jesus to serve you. Don't give up. He loves to give the spirit to op- 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 op-